Amen. Thank God for the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. And when you've got Jesus, you get it all. Isn't that right? <laughs> when you get the Son, you get it all. Praise God. Oh, I'm still about to shout about that tonight. Hallelujah. God is so, so good. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Um, I want us to remember uh, as you pray uh, this week, Sister Marty's having surgery on Wednesday. Is that right? On Wednesday on her wrist. So keep her in prayer that everything will go well and we're believing that it will and all will go well and, and um, God's going to take care of that situation. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, if you have your Bibles tonight, go with me to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. Amen. The first epistle of John. I think I ministered a couple of weeks ago, maybe on a Sunday night from 1 John. We did a, uh, we did, we went through 1 John on Wednesday nights a couple of years ago and done a study in, uh, in that. But uh, I want to share a few thoughts with you tonight from 1 John chapter 5. And uh, we will beginning, begin reading with verse 1. And I want to talk to you tonight about victory and about your, the faith, your faith that is the victory, that is your victory tonight. <clears throat> Not just faith per se, but it's, it's, it's a certain faith. How many knows that? It's faith in a, a specific person and object, and that is Jesus Christ. Just what we sang about right here tonight. In Jesus Christ and Him crucified, the cross has the final word in everything in our life. And so all of our victory comes from Jesus through what he did at Calvary. He paid that price there. Amen. Nothing you can do to attain victory in your life other than to put your faith in him and believe and stand on that. Amen. And there's victory. I, I'm glad to know tonight. I'm just glad to know that, that we have the promise of victory, that no child of God has to suffer defeat in any area of their life, but there's total victory that's pr promised and provided for the child of God. Do you believe that tonight? So in 1 John chapter 5, verse 1 says this, Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. Basically, what John's saying there is that if you love Jesus, then you're also going to love those in the family of God, your brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen? And um, uh, we, need to, we need to understand that. Verse 2, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep His commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments. And His commandments are not burdensome. And uh, I like that. His commandments are not burdensome. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, My yoke is 
easy and my burden is light. When you get yoked up with Jesus, keeping the commandments is not a problem because he's living his life in you and through you. Amen. Those commandments are not burdensome to keep. Without him and without his power, without him helping us and living in us, the commandments are impossible to keep. Amen. Um, was it B.H. Clendenin always said, living the Christian life is not hard, it's impossible. Amen. That's why we got to depend upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And then verse number four, for whatever, are you a whatever? All right. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes? But he who believes. Not him who, not he who works, not he who labors, not he who struggles. Come on, somebody. But who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Amen. Throughout the years, Christians have been given a lot of different names. Some of them we probably couldn't be able to repeat from the pulpit. <laughs> but uh, but, but um, there have been a lot of different names that's been given to, to believers, to children of God. And um, they were first called followers of the way. And then the scripture says in the book of Acts that at Antioch that they were first called Christians there in Antioch were given the name of Christian for the first time which means Christ-like or a Christ follower and uh, the most common name I guess that was given to believers is the name or the word disciple we are disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ and a disciple is a follower and a learner and all of us are to be disciples of the Lord Paul called the Christians saints throughout his epistle. How many knows that if you're saved tonight, you are a saint. You don't have to, you don't have to die and be canonized by a priest to be a saint, all right? You, you right here, he, you know, Paul wrote his letters to the churches and he would address those, those believers there as the saints that are in Corinth or the saints that are in Ephesus, the saints. That word saint means someone who is called out and set apart unto God. So you are a saint of God. That's one of the names that uh, Paul gave to believers. Um, they, uh, Christians have also been called beloved. We are called believers, called of God. And each one of the names that is given to a Christian uh, describe, I believe, a characteristic a characteristic of that Christian. But here in the text that we read to you tonight from 1 John 5, John refers to the believers, to Christians by another name that I really like as well. 
And John calls us overcomers. John says that we are overcomers. And the name overcomer is confirmed throughout the Word of God that that is what we are and what we are to be, that we are to be overcomers. In Revelation 12 and 11, I think we're all familiar with that verse of Scripture in Revelation 12 and 11. And uh, I preached on that a few Sundays ago from that verse on a communion service, but it says that they, and they overcame him, speaking of the devil, and they, the saints, overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. That's an overcomer. In Romans 8 and 37, Paul says that in all of these things, speaking to believers, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. That is an overcomer. Can I get an amen? Paul told the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 15 and 57, he said, but thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That is an overcomer, amen? So according to the word of God, Christians, believers are to be, are to be overcomers. So what does it take to be an overcomer? What does it take to live in victory, to experience victory? in our lives. And, uh, you know, I am a firm believer that the Lord wants us to live and walk in a constant victory. There should not be ever any defeat for the child of God. If we're defeated in, in our walk with God or in any area of our life, it isn't God's fault because he's provided all that we need to be victorious and to be an overcomer. But when you think about an overcomer, the overcomer or an overcomer, first of all, must acknowledge that there's a problem. The very word overcomer implies that something stands in our way. If there wasn't any opposition and there wasn't anything to overcome, then he wouldn't talk to us about being an overcomer. An overcomer is not someone who just breezes through life without any opposition or without any obstacles. There would be some, you know, I don't know that this teaching's going on too much today anymore, but at one point in time, there was a teaching that, that said that, you know, if you got saved and, 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 and was living for the Lord and uh, had proper faith that you would never have any more trouble, you wouldn't have any more problems. Well, I never was able to find that in the Bible, amen, and uh, I never did attain, if that was the case, I never did attain that kind of faith where I did never have any more problems. No, listen, saints of God, I think we all know tonight that there are obstacles to overcome, there are problems to overcome, and so um, it's not, being an overcomer is not someone who just breezes through life and never has a, has a problem to face, but it is rather someone who realizes each day that each day will present its new set of problems. How many knows that to be the fact? Each day will present a new set of problems and barriers that will stand in your way, that will try to impede your growth, that will try to uh, hinder you in your walk with God. And uh, you have got to set out to deal with those problems to understand 
understand that they're going to come and to deal with them rather than to ignore them. Are you with me? We can't just stick our head in the sand and ignore problems of life because they are real and they do come. Being an overcomer has nothing to do uh, with the circumstances around us, but being an overcomer does have everything to do with the commitment that is within us. Praise God. We have got to be committed uh, that we are going to stand and we're going to overcome no matter what we may face in this life. Every one of us face circumstances. Every one of us face difficulties and things that are adverse. But the key to what we do with those circumstances and what we do in the midst of those circumstances is what's going to determine whether or not we overcome those circumstances. Amen? So we, we recognize and we acknowledge that there first of all is something that has to be overcome so what is that something what is the problem what is that that the Christian has to overcome well I believe John describes it and tells us what it is here in this passage because three times in this text John tells us that the problem that we face that we deal with and that we have to overcome is the world the world that we have got to overcome as Christians we must overcome the world now the question is what is that what constitutes the world well the world is anything and everything that stands in opposition to God we've talked about this before you know uh, the James, uh, was it James no it was John in 1 John 2 said do not love the world or the things that are in the world uh, it was James James that talked about being a friend of God and not being a friend of the world, amen? So we're not to have friendship with the world. So the world is the system. It's the system out here that is being controlled and dominated by Satan and by the powers of darkness. This entire world system, everything, listen, everything that is outside of Christ and not a part of the kingdom of God is a part of this world it's a part of the kingdom of darkness and it's it's dominated and controlled by evil spirits the people listen to me I think it's easy to see this when you watch the news the people that are in this world all the chaos that's going on the corruption the ungodliness is 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 people in the world that are being controlled and dominated by this world system they're under the control of Satan they're being they're, they're, they're bound and under the control of sin and the sinful nature and so the world is the problem and it's everything and anything that stands in opposition to God it's that system that is opposed to God and once you and I become a part of the kingdom of God we're brought out of that world system then that system is in opposition to us as well. 
Amen. That's what we have to overcome. Praise God. So when we talk about the world and that world system, we're talking about Satan and his plans. We're talking about sin and its pleasure. We're also talking about suffering and its pain and sensuality and the pleasures of sin and the pleasures of this world. So those are obstacles. Those are things that we have to overcome as believers. Our obstacle is the thing, the, the thing that tries to depress us, that tries to discourage us from knowing what we have in Jesus Christ and who we are in Jesus Christ. Amen. And, and so one of the main things that Satan uses the, the system of this world that the devil uses to drag us down is that weapon of discouragement. He wants to try to discourage us. I think I've told the story before about the, the man that was uh, pulled up to a, to a little league baseball game and he thought, well, I'll just get out and watch a little bit of this little league ball game. And he gets out and he's sitting there in the bleachers and they didn't have a scoreboard on or anything so he didn't know, he didn't know what the score score was and so we asked uh, the little boy there's playing first base he said hey son what's the score of this game and the little boy looked at the guy and he said oh man he said uh, we're behind 18 to nothing had a big smile on his face and the guy said you're behind 18 to nothing and you're not you don't seem like you're very discouraged doesn't that discourage you and the little boy said discouraged he said why should I be, be discouraged we hadn't even got up to bat yet <laughs> praise God <laughs> in other words he was saying man uh, you know and that's the spirit we gotta have he was saying hey we get our turn up at the plate and, and we're gonna turn this thing around and I'm telling you what that's the kind of attitude it doesn't matter how behind we may seem that we are it may look like we are what the enemy's doing in our life we're going to get our turn at the plate and God is going to make sure that the thing's turned around glory to God well hallelujah that's the way we've got to live our life yeah there are problems yeah there are difficulties but I'm telling you God is greater and we're just waiting for our turn at bad and for God to turn the situation around we are victorious through the Lord Jesus Christ so we acknowledge that there's something to overcome that there's, a, there's difficulties to overcome there's the world that we have to overcome the flesh that we have to overcome and the devil that we have to overcome. Those three things all are, are, are opposed to us, the world, the flesh, and the devil. They all uh, interlink and uh, it's, it's the, the enemies, the enemy of the child of God. So we acknowledge there's something to overcome, but then secondly, an overcomer must apply the principle that it takes to overcome. There's a principle here that is given by John and we have to apply that principle. So the principle that he gives us to overcome that we read in the text, I'm not going to just pull something out of the air here, okay, and say, well, this is what you do to overcome. I've, 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 had, I've heard preachers do that before, you know, say, okay, here's how you overcome, and then they would give a bunch of stuff that they just dreamed up, I guess. But I'm going to tell you what the, what the Bible says. He said that the principle of overcoming was our 
faith. And see, people don't want to hear that. They want to, they want to have a list of things that they need to do. What do I need to do in order to have victory? And there's only one thing that's required here for you and I to have victory, and it's not doing a bunch of stuff. You know, you don't have to send off and get a 12-tape series of 12 steps to obtaining victory. Are you with me? Because here the Scripture tells us, John tells us, what is required to overcome this world, this world system, the powers of darkness that are operating in this world system. And he said what we need to do to overcome, we overcome by our faith. Praise God. It's not something you do, but it's something you believe. Are you with me? Amen. You know, God has made this just as simple and as easy as he can, as he possibly could. Jesus did all the work. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. I said Jesus did all the work. Jesus fought the battles. He won the war, and he's given the victory to us. That's why we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ our Lord. Praise God. I heard somebody one time give a little analogy, a little illustration to try to illustrate that verse, more than conquerors, what it means to be more than conquerors. And we know it's referring to what Jesus already did and then giving us the victory, okay? But, but he, he said, suppose there's a heavyweight fighter, you know, and, and he's, he's fighting for the heavyweight championship of the world. And the purse is, I don't know, I haven't watched boxing so long. Do they still even have it? I don't even know. I mean, back in the day, you know, you had, you know, you had, you had uh, Muhammad Ali and, and uh, Joe Frazier and George Foreman and all those guys. I couldn't tell you anybody now that's boxing, but, but whatever the person, let's just say $5 million. If he wins this fight, he wins $5 million. And he gets in there and he's in the ring with his opponent and he, 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 he knocks his opponent out in the first round. He's the heavyweight champion of the world. World. He is a conqueror. And for that victory, he gets a check for $5 million. He is a conqueror. He has conquered and defeated the enemy. But then he goes home and takes that $5 million check and gives it to his wife. And she is more than a conqueror. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. She didn't get in the ring. She didn't swing one punch. She didn't have no gloves on. She didn't do nothing but sit home and maybe watch it on TV. Glory to God. He did all the work. He fought the battle. He won the victory. And then he goes home and gives her the spoils of it. And I want you to know that's just exactly what Jesus Christ did for you and me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Woo. He did that at Calvary. He spoiled principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly. He triumphed over the powers of darkness. And Satan, uh, Satan experienced total, absolute, irreversible, complete defeat at the cross of Calvary when Jesus shed his blood and then Jesus rose from the dead and 
said, here is the spoils of victory. You go in my name and you be an overcomer through my blood and what I did at the cross. Woo, hallelujah. Well, I didn't feel much like preaching when I got up here. I was pretty tired, but I feel a little better now. Amen? But that's the principle that overcomes. It's faith. It's faith. And John's not talking about just a general kind of faith. But John here is talking about a specific faith. You know, we, 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 we exercise just a general faith all the time, don't we? Uh, I mean, you know, we'll go to a doctor whose name we can't pronounce. And he'll give us a prescription that we can't read. And we take it to a pharmacist that we don't know unless it'd be Miss Holly back here. <laughs> and uh, they give us medicine that we don't understand. But yet in faith, we go ahead and take it and it does us some good. Amen. But that's faith to do all that. Isn't that right? Well, that's a general kind of faith. But faith, what faith means is to put our trust in, to put our confidence in. And so John here is talking in this text about a specific kind of faith in a specific object. And so the overcomer is that one who believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Isn't that what he said? Isn't that what he said there? That, that whosoever is born of God, he who overcomes the world, but is he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, it's more than just a mental assent to that fact. There's a lot of people that are not saved, that are not born again, that if you ask them if they believe that Jesus was the Son of God, they would say, oh, yeah, I, I believe that. But it's, 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 actually, it's actually an active faith in that. It's believing that he... He is who he said he was and believing in what he did and the price that he paid at Calvary and actually having an active faith in him that accepts him and, and receives him and what he did for us. That's an active faith. And so our faith cannot be in just anything. I preached here a couple of weeks ago from Mark 11 on, have, on, on the mountain moving faith and having faith in God, having the faith of God. It's, it's faith in a particular specific object. We've got to have faith in God, but more specific, faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and in what he did for us. See, there's a lot of people today, ladies and gentlemen, that will preach Jesus and talk about Jesus, but that's an incomplete message. It's not just Jesus only, but it's Christ and him crucified. It's connecting Jesus with what he did at the cross. Amen. Anything other than Christ and him crucified is another Jesus, another spirit, and another gospel. There's only one Jesus that died on Calvary. There's only one Jesus that shed his blood. And there's only one way to be saved, to be delivered, to be a victor, to be an overcomer, and that is through faith in what he did, him and who he is and what he did. Woo, hallelujah. In this, that is where our victory is. Can I get an amen tonight? 
See, the faith that John is talking about that overcomes the world is that specific faith in Jesus Christ and him crucified. Paul told the church at Corinth, he said, I don't want to know anything among you except one thing, and that is Christ, Jesus Christ, and him crucified. That is the only faith. Are you listening to me? That is the only faith that God will honor. That is the only faith that God will recognize. And that is the only faith that will give you victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil. That is the only faith that will, that will defeat sin in your life. That is the only faith that will make you more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ our Lord. That is the key to our victory. Amen. And I'm telling you, that's why the Bible, you know, that's why the Bible tells us that we are to fight the good fight of faith and the reason it's a fight is because Satan is always working to try to move your faith to something else to trust in something else other than Christ and the cross to trust in something that well I've got to do this I believe but I've got to add something to my believing no it is Jesus and him only come on somebody it's what he did and only through what he did that we can have victory that assures us victory tonight. Amen? Amen? That's the only faith that will do. Amen. So this specific faith in Christ and him crucified makes available to us the presence of God, the power, the, the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen? You, the only way that you can overcome and be victorious is through the presence of God. Amen. You've got to have his presence. You've got to know that he is with you and helping you in your walk every day. Faith makes his presence available. Faith in Christ and the cross makes God's presence available. But faith in Christ also makes the power of God available. Now here's the key right here because our faith in what Jesus did at Calvary assures us assures us of the power of the Holy Spirit to help us to overcome. And I want to assure you of something tonight, and that is you cannot overcome anything without the power of the Holy Spirit. You cannot overcome anything within your own ability, within your own willpower, within your own strength. Are you listening to me? Oh, I can, Brother Rick. I've got strong willpower. Your will power means nothing Amen. You can have the strongest. Paul even said it in Romans chapter 7. He said, every time I went to do good, evil was present with me. He said, the thing that I wanted to do, I didn't do. And the thing that I didn't want to do, I did. Why? Because he was trying to live for God in the power of his own strength and his own flesh and his own ability. But oh, glory to God. When Paul cried out and he said, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? then he said that I he, he didn't say what shall deliver me or how shall I be delivered but he said who shall deliver me and then he said I thank my God through Jesus Christ my Lord hallelujah that I have the victory there is 
is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ. Praise God. And the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. There is the power of the Holy Spirit operating in our life to give us constant victory in every situation in life. Amen? With your willpower, you cannot, you cannot overcome the sin nature, the sinful nature that every one of us still have. And I know there are those that say, oh no, when you get, when you get saved, when you get born again, that the sin nature is eradicated, it's taken out, you don't have that anymore. Well, uh, you need to read the sixth chapter of Romans, and you'll see there that Paul, writing to Christians, talks about the sin nature and not letting sin have dominion over you. And it's not talking about, he's not talking about acts of sin, but he's talking about that propensity, that nature, that fallen, sinful, Adamic nature that everybody has. And when you got saved, God didn't take that sin nature away, but what he did do is he unplugged it and he made it inoperative. Glory be to God. What he did do is crucified you and your old man and made, not your husband, your, your, your old... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the old person that you were before Christ that was controlled by that sin nature that, that person's been put to death that person was crucified with Christ at Calvary and when your faith is in Jesus Christ then praise God that victory that victory that he won at, at the cross de totally defeats that sin nature in your life where it doesn't control you anymore you're to be controlled now by the, by, the, by the nature of God. You have been made a participant and a recipient of his divine nature. Amen? So the Holy Spirit now, glory to God, the, the Holy Spirit now comes to work in your life to give you the victory, to give you the power to walk in victory and to overcome and not be dominated by that sin nature. You're going to be led and controlled either by your flesh, that sinful nature, or by the Spirit of God in you. And we've got to yield to the Holy Spirit and be controlled by the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit live and manifest the life of Jesus in us. That is victory. That is victory. The faith that we have in Christ and his finished work makes available the power of God in our life. Amen? Amen? Dr. A.J. Gordon was a preacher from many years ago. Um, but there was a story about him going to the World's Fair. And while he was at the World's Fair from a distance, he saw... He saw a, a man at a pump, and um, he was, the man was, had a hold of, of the pump, the handle on the pump, and that hand pump, and he was, you, you all know what I'm talking about. You've seen one of those pumps, and he was pumping that pump, and water was coming forth out of the pump. 
And so um, the water was pouring out, so, uh, so Dr. Gordon made the statement that that man, man, that man is really pumping some water. But when he got up closer, he discovered that it wasn't a man pumping at a pump at all, but it was a wooden figure of a man that had just been attach, attached to the pump handle, and it was the pump handle that was going up and down, and the water flowing out, and the man was just holding on or the wooden man just holding on. See, that's a good description of what living for Jesus is. We're not causing anything. We're just resting in him, trusting in him, believing in him, and allowing the Holy Spirit to do the work in us and through us. Praise God. So it's the power of the Holy Spirit that's made available through our faith in Christ. God, it's God who is living in us. But let's close in this out. I don't know. Did somebody shut the air off? It seemed warm in here. I don't ever ask Vicky or Marsha if it's, if it's hot in here because they always tell me no. <laughs> Amen. But the overcomer accepts, always accepts, uh, the promise of God. Amen. We have the promise that we can overcome. We can overcome. We have that promise. The Hebrews, you know, we see it all through the Bible. I mean, even in the Old Testament, we read about the, the, the Hebrew people that were in slavery and how God released them and gave them victory over the Egyptians. We read about Joseph who was in a dungeon, but God delivered him and brought him out, set him up, Second, you know, under, under Pharaoh. We read about how that David was, was overwhelmed by gu the guilt of his sin, but how God came on the scene when he came to the Lord and God forgave him and God restored him. Jonah was in the belly of a great fish, but God retrieved him out of there. Amen. Gave him a second chance. So these, the Bible is full of victorious men and women of God and overcomers. The devil may say that, you know, it's over for you. You can't, you can't overcome. You can't be victorious. But I'm going to tell you, don't you believe it. Don't you believe it. You can overcome. Amen. You can. I said you can. Jesus has made it possible through his shed blood at the cross. Amen. And it's your faith in who he is and what he did that will cause the Holy Spirit to, to, to work in your your life, the spirit of life, the Holy Spirit, who is the only, only power, the only power that is great enough to defeat sin in your life. Amen. Anytime we depend upon ourselves or any other program, we're going to find defeat, defeat, defeat. But when we put our faith in Jesus Christ and believe in Him and what He did for us and the victory He won there, then there's victory, 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 victory. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, it may not just come all at once. It's a, it could be in a process. It is a process. Amen. A lot of times people are wanting just instantaneous. And some things are. You know, when I, got, when I got born again, I've told you, when I got saved, it was instantaneous when I got up from there that I didn't want alcohol anymore. It was instantaneous. I didn't cuss anymore. 
And I had a terrible vocabulary. But that left me. But there was other things that were not instantaneous. That, that, that's the sanctification process that comes through our walk as we grow in grace. And there's still things. I know I'm looking at a bunch of perfect folks here tonight. But there's still things that I'm still working on and praying about and believing for. But that victory's coming as well. Come on. Somebody said, well, what, up? what is that? What are you struggling with, Brother Rick? That ain't any of your business. <laughs> Amen. But there's victory, so what I'm telling you. And, and, and we can't quit. We can't give up. We can't throw in the towel. And I, I've known a lot of people that have done that and said, have struggled with something in their life and couldn't get, just couldn't overcome it. And they just give up and said, I can't do it. I can't live it. And that's true. You can't. They can't. But oh, listen, we got to be, we got to be like, like Moses was going before Pharaoh and saying, let my people go. He didn't let them go the first First time, but Moses was back in Pharaoh's court the next day. Let my people go, and he didn't let them go the next time. And he went back again until finally the day came that through the blood of that slain lamb the bondage was broken, and Israel marched out of Egyptian bondage and was delivered, crossed over that Red Sea. The Egyptians were killed, and those Egyptians had listen to me. Those Egyptians had no more power or authority or control over God's people anymore. So don't quit. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. For this is the victory that overcomes even our faith. Amen. Well, stand with me tonight. Hallelujah. Let's praise the Lord. Let's praise the Lord. Woo, hallelujah. I've done preach myself happy tonight. Anybody else happy? Hallelujah. Father, we love you tonight and we give you praise. We thank you so very much for your goodness. Oh, for the promises that we have in the precious word of God, of the victory, God, that you've given us. Oh, we thank you so much, Lord, that you have delivered us from the power and the authority of darkness through your precious shed blood. And Lord, that every day that you are conforming us, working in us, making us more like Jesus, that every day, Lord, that you are, are sanctifying us and setting us apart unto you. And Lord, I'm just, I'm just praying tonight for everyone in this service. For those that may be watching on the live stream tonight, those that are struggling with problems in their life, those that are having a, a, a hard time overcoming the world, overcoming the enemy, overcoming the, the, the lusts of the flesh, Lord, tonight I pray that this message would reach them tonight that they would place their faith in you, Jesus, what you did for them. When you defeated that power of darkness at the cross, it's effective in our life today, some 2,000 years later. And I pray you'll move and work and have your way in each one of their lives tonight, that we will walk in that victory that overcomes the world tonight. Hallelujah. Our faith, our faith in the Lord Jesus. Amen.